welcome to the Engine Room Podcast. Your host, Cami, the coach and creator of the Fit Life Coaching Program. This podcast has been designed to remove the barriers to get you moving to your ultimate dream, body, mind, and health. As ambitious men and women, we know that health is the ultimate driver to your success. In this podcast, we'll be discussing everything you need to get you thriving nutritionally, thinking clear so you can have high performance habits and productivity, and getting you training fitter, faster, stronger, and the best shape of your life. The goal is now. Let's dive in, let's get you winning, and let's get you thriving. Team, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about gut health and the importance of gut health and how to get effects of gut health to uh, digest food effectively. Okay, so we're going to talk a bit about gut health and the importance of gut health. And firstly, I want you to understand there are going to be a number of things you're going to hear here. And in this podcast, you might be able to relate to some form of things that you've maybe heard in the grapevine. A lot of fad diets take a lot of little bits of uh, health actions and put a spin on them. And this is where we're going to rule out why fad diets are a whole load of baloney and also how can we make sure that you get effective health from your food. It all starts with understanding what is gut health. So gut health is your ability to absorb and digest adequate nutrition. And that all comes from having a good relationship with your food, but also being able to digest it. Well, over the festive period, it's perfectly normal. And actually over most celebrations, and actually when we fall off the bandwagon, it's perfectly normal for us to have irritations. It's for us to have intolerances, allergens. It's also common for us to have things like IBS. And these are all things that often happen. And pretty much if we have ineffective gut health, the first thing we'll probably notice is we start to feel a little bit unwell, be it through bloat, be it through illness, be it through even... Um, your nervous system, things like shingles. So what we wanna do is we wanna give ourselves adequate nutrition so our immune system is effective. And not only that, we have energy. There's nothing worse than fighting off something that we feel low and burnt out about because our digest digestive tract is off scheme. So when it comes to uh, understanding gut health, we're gonna talk a little bit about the science of things, but also Keep it relatively simple because I understand that we're not wanting a science degree, but we just want to understand our body just a little bit more. Why do certain things happen? Why do we have water retention when we have certain foods? Why do we sometimes have fluctuations with our body? Why do sometimes our body do the things that we don't want rather than the things that we do want? So what I'm going to do to start off with is just to explain just a little bit about digestion and why it's important we have certain things. So firstly, guys, okay, when it comes to digesting food, okay, your body uses enzymes to break down foods. 
Now, the enzymes we use for breaking down carbohydrates starts with in your mouth. We use amylase. Now, whenever you're cooking and you get that watery sensation in your mouth, or whenever you smell maybe something like bread cooking, you get that watery sensation and it starts spiking your appetite. That watery sensation is us producing amylase in our mouth. That's where carbohydrate starts to digest in your saliva. In your saliva. Amylase, the process of breaking down carbohydrates breaks it down to glucose. Amylase is the starting enzyme that starts to break down our carbohydrate chains. And what happens is we convert it into glucose, and then we go through something using called the Krebs cycle, which converts it to ATP, which converts it into, which is energy. It's our energy source. And when we have ample oxygen going through, when we're moving and on our day-to-day -day basis, if we have adequate energy coming in, we have, we, we, we make energy. If we have a, an overuse of energy, we store it as glycogen. And this is where a lot of people say, oh, carbohydrates make you fat. No, they don't. Carbohydrates don't make you fat. It's a surplus in calories that we store as fat. But carbohydrates, if we have our calorie value, we just store it as glycogen. And that's a ready source of energy. And this is where people often say carbohydrates are bad because they try and deplete their energy source. But the problem is, if we don't have energy, we don't move well. So carbohydrates are not bad. What we often find is in a Western society, we tend to have grab and go options, which are very carb dominant. And we often have a low protein intake because readily available options like bagels, toast, uh, wraps, these are all carbohydrate sources. And also our snacks are cereal bars, uh, cereals themselves. A lot of our snacks are often carbohydrate dominant snacks. We don't tend to have high proteinated snacks as a society, which means often enough, we struggle with carbohydrate levels. And whenever we have high levels of carbohydrate, often enough, we sometimes have intolerances to things like wheat, which can cause lethargic bloat. And a lot of the time we end up storing a lot of water retention with high volumes of carbohydrate. So you can see where people have maybe stemmed the idea of carbohydrates are bad, but it's not carbohydrates that are bad. What's often happening is we just have an imbalance. We tend to have a carb dominant intake. So what we simply do is we reduce them into proportion and uplift our protein intake. So we can see the correlation there. We naturally tend to go towards carbohydrates. It's our energy source. Whenever we are tired, exhausted, we tend to grab carbohydrates like sweets, treats, uh, cakes, breads, and whatnot. We tend to go for them. But if we have an imbalance, often enough, carbohydrate levels are very high and we need carbohydrates for us to repair because it gives us the energy to repair. So it's important we have carbohydrates coming in. Carbs are not bad. Now, the next enzyme that we use to digest is peptides and peptase. And these are in the side of the, uh, the stomach. And this is for breaking down protein. Inside your, uh, your stomach is very acidic, okay? And inside your stomach, peptides and peptase they pretty much, they live in this acidic environment. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're having adequate protein in so that we can break it into amino acids so that when we train, we can repair the muscles because whenever we train, we're stretching the muscles, we're creating micro tears and it's our ability to flood them with amino acids that gives us the ability to build lean muscle. So if we don't have the energy to come in, we won't be able to digest protein. If we don't have the protein, we won't be able to repair after our sessions. And then we end up being achy and sore. And a lot of the time, people who have long DOM pain, even after training a period of time, is often enough because protein levels are very low. 
as a society, our protein intake is often below 50% of what we should be. The natural go-to diet is often below 50%. And this is where the carnivore diet kind of kicked into play. The keto diet is no carbs up in a protein because people just heard, I need to eat more protein and they just end up ruling out all carbohydrates. The problem is if you don't have any carbohydrate intake, acid itself creates a, a, a potent smell. Initially, it smells like you've taken a crap in your mouth because we've not had enough carbohydrate. And it, they get that furry sensation. So pretty much it's important we have balance and it's important we have that digestive tract just feeling neutral like, until we are starting to influx it with certain foods. And then finally, what we have is digesting fats. Now, fats are emulsified by bile from the, the, uh, the liver, but also they're digested through lipase. And we need fats because some vitamins and minerals cannot be transported easily and readily into the bloodstream. So therefore, what happens is if we don't have a vitamin a omega-3 and omega-6, we struggle to transport vitamins and minerals around the body. So omega-3 and omega-6 absorb them in fat and then they take them around the body so they can, uh, they can go through membranes and they can enable a successful transformation, a successful movement of uh, vitamins and minerals around the body. So that's just a little bit of science. You don't need to know any of that, to be honest. That's just because I'm a bit of a dork. I've got a biology degree and I like to share these kind of things. But pretty much what happens if we have an off digestive tract? Well, we get bloat, we get uh, irritations, we get lethargicness, we get poor sleep, we get high blood pressure, um, our passing food tends to be a bit uncomfortable. Sometimes it's maybe too soft, sometimes it's maybe too hard. And pretty much we end up exhausted, burnt out, feeling crap, and often enough ends in some kind of uh, illness, um, be it through frustration, be it things like a common one is shingles is a very common one. And the poor immune system leads to poor training. And when it comes to it, we then just crave easiness, crave energy, just grab and go options. And this over time becomes acute stress and acute stress means that we become reluctant to actually making changes because we can't see past things. Well, it's too much effort to make changes. This is very, very common when highly stressed. The most common one is I don't have time. But the thing is, if we don't have time to improve our health by making small changes to our food choices, ultimately what happens is we condition ourselves to things in long term, things like heart disease, things like chronic stress, mental, uh, mental, poor mental health, lack of self-worth, poor sleep quality and leading to poor memory and poor memory leads to things like uh, dementia and things like this. So it's really important that we have good quality gut health because the long-term aspects never mind the ability to transform your body but the long-term aspects are actually quite significant so what we can do is we can recognize certain key triggers now one of the common key triggers is after things like christmas is you could maybe do your first set and you just feel like, whoa, that weight feels heavy. Whoa, my heart feels like it's in my, my throat. You can maybe hear your heart pumping through the chest. And this is because the blood tends to get quite thick. When the blood gets quite thick, it's your heart has to work so much harder. And it's often enough. It's really hard to create great positive mindsets because it's exhausting. It's tiring. And we create this feeling of hypoxia, low oxygen supply, which means in gut health, 
we can't convert uh, our carbohydrate to ATP effectively, which means we build up lactate and that creates stress in the body. And that stress means we feel exhausted. We feel tired. We feel run down. And I just need to sit down and grab something that's quick and easy, like sugar, like sweets, because it gives me a quick energy influx. But what we need to do is first and foremost, when blood is thick, we need to make sure that we're getting adequate nutrition through. And that starts with hydration. Whenever we're tired, whenever we're run down and gut health is poor, what often happens is we just crave the easy option. The easy option over making an effort and changes. And that is where people get frustrated. That, that moment there of decision fatigue of what to have for dinner tonight. Mm, not too sure. So we'll just grab and go because it's easier to grab and go and wing it. But ultimately we understand what's happening long-term. This is why meal prepping is one of the most important things when it comes to food choices, because the long-term is it makes it more convenient for you to have that higher quality meal that improves your gut health. Now, obviously, every meal is not going to be focused on, oh, I need to improve my gut health. We're going to have luxurious options. We're going to have enjoyment options. But understand is if we don't focus on long-term gut health, we will struggle down the line. So it's small things you can do consistently. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to improve gut health, how to improve, how to fix gut health. And it's really, really simple. And again, these are, these are things that will help, but we don't have to do them. And I've actually got a really simple tick sheet that we can do that will help you with this. So we're going to talk about it just a little bit now, how to fix gut health. Firstly, guys, understanding your body is mainly composed of water. This is kind of like a standard grace fact that everybody remembers. Your body's made up, composed majority of water. Now, one of the big things to understand is whenever we've had maybe social events like Christmas, maybe festivities, maybe parties, our blood tends to get thick, like we said. And when blood flow is thick, oxygen supply is low. And the problem there is it's hard to digest things. It's hard to manage your energy. So the number one thing when it comes to gut health is making sure you're well hydrated. Because whenever we get ourselves well, well hydrated, your blood vessels dilate. They literally, they expand because of the volume of oxygen. That's where you get good blood flow. You feel uh, more energized, more alert, more focused. And when it comes to it, hydration comes part and parcel with your caffeine levels. Now, when it comes to caffeine, if water makes your blood vessels bigger by expanding them with the volumes of uh, blood going through, caffeine restricts them. Now, caffeine does give you that kick that creates the uh, synapses in your, your neurons, the, your nerves connect, connect together, but it does constrict them, which causes high pressure. Blood pressure goes up. So if you're somebody who struggles with high blood pressure, avoid caffeine. All right. But one of the big things when it comes to caffeine is it can give you that kick. If you want to use caffeine and get a really good kick from your caffeine, here's a kind of go-to plan. When you wake up, don't grab your coffee first thing in the morning. Wake up, have a couple of pints of water, get yourself well hydrated. The optimum time for you to have caffeine when your, your neurons and your nerves are all in line is around about 90 minutes after all your hormone balances. That's where you'll get your best kick from your caffeine. If you have a, your coffee then, you won't need another coffee for the rest of your day. 
Now, when it comes to managing your caffeine levels, this ties in with our sleep as well. Now, a lot of the time people say they like a cup of tea, they like a cup of coffee. And yes, I love a cup of tea and I love a, I love a cup of coffee. But the problem is, is our sleep, our sleep is one of the most important homeostasis moments, that balance that we can have. So if you're having a cup of tea last thing at night, understand that down the line is caffeine takes eight hours to get out your system. And we want to get into REM sleep. That's sleep where we're at our deepest. And even if you're maybe, you can get to sleep with caffeine in your system, you're not going to hit that REM sleep, which means you're going to maybe wake up just feeling a little bit agitated from time to time. Maybe not feel like you've had enough sleep. So we want to manage our caffeine levels so that we get adequate sleep. Because again, this leads to our ability to produce hormones and regulate and get into what's called um, our uh, circadian rhythm, which is kind of like your, your body clock of how things are, uh, respond. But what we want to do is allow ourselves that. Now, that's kind of like the jargon between hydration and caffeine and our circadian rhythm. That is literally simple. Making sure we're having adequate water, managing your caffeine levels. I would have a caffeine cutoff of 2 p.m. because it enables us to get adequate sleep. And then also we're making sure we're having adequate hydration. No, no teas, coffees, monsters after. Okay, monsters are probably one of the big ones. I used to drink umpteen cans of Monster uh, and Red Bull and whatnot. And I was literally, I was using it because I needed energy, but it was because I had everything imbalanced. If you get yourself well hydrated and you manage your caffeine levels so that you get yourself well hydrated into routine, your energy levels will skyrocket. Your body loves routine. It's called your circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm is your body clock. And if it's disjointed because we're irregular with things, it will always feel exhausting because your body's trying to get into that routine and we fight it. So allow it to get into that routine. So now guys, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what foods can we have to reduce our, to improve our gut health. Firstly, we want to avoid a lot of complex carbohydrates. Now, this is again, where you've maybe heard, oh, I need to cut out things like bread. Now understand it's everything in moderation. And things, complex carbohydrates like bread are quite, sometimes quite hard to digest. And some people do bloat up from things like bread, just like they bloat up from oats. It's about understanding you. You do you, okay? You know what will bloat you. So if we are aware of certain things, we, we reduce it, but we can also enjoy them as well. There's a difference between an intolerance and an allergen. An intolerance means we're not able to digest things. I mean, the recommended practice is anywhere between four to six weeks of removing something from your diet. So if you, for example, if you've got intolerance to bread, remove it for four to six weeks to allow yourself to build up the, um, the digestive tract towards it. And then what we can then do is slowly introduce it, but it's a moderation. The problem we have, and this is where people take things out of context is that people hear that oh, we need to like, watch things like bread and have more simple carbohydrates like potatoes and rices. But pretty much what people hear is, oh, I need to remove it. Bread is bad, but it's not. Again, it's just moderation. The thing is the, how easy it is for us to have mass quantities. It's easy for us to grab a bagel. It's easy for us to grab a wrap. It's easy for us to have umpteen slices of toast. That is where the digestive tract goes wrong. And then we end up feeling like there's something, something wrong with us because we just enjoy these kind of foods. But it's because we don't have any kind of boundaries or uh, uh, limits towards these kind of things. And a lot of the time it's people around us that trigger us because there's nothing nicer than when we smell toast. 
And I think when that happens is we, uh, th- again, this is going a little bit into emotional eating and mindset eating, but what we want to do is we want to manage this. And this is all about giving ourselves that opportunity to have more balance. So having more simple car- uh, carbohydrates. And that's the thing is like, whenever it's like, oh, I'm craving something, I can guarantee you, you're not craving a potato. And that's where the, the thing comes into play. When we have cravings, it's often for a quick fix sugary. And it's being aware of these. Now, the next thing we can work on to improve our gut health is reducing the volume of dense foods we have. High, like rich foods. So a lot of kind of flavorsome sauces and things like this. Initially, whenever you go into a restaurant, there's a lot of foods that are really, really rich in flavor. Um, Common one, for example, takeaways. In takeaways, there's a lot of flavor and this is a lot of fat and that's why they're dense in calories. And the problem we've got is that because they're so rich in fat, sometimes it's quite hard to digest. And this is where digestion can be quite uncomfortable coming out because ultimately what happens is we're not able to process things and we end up bloating, maybe feeling we've got water retention because there's a little bit of swelling because we're trying so hard to digest things and we feel run down. And it's because our gut health, and this is why if we're constantly having things like takeaways, again, it's sometimes quite hard. And this is where cheat day comes into play because people are often saying, I'm having a cheat day because you're having a takeaway or you may be having something, but it's not. What you're doing is you're allowing yourself to have effects of digestion, allowing yourself to enjoy something you enjoy, and it's having that balance. So we can see where people take things out of context. Because the thing is, if you have a takeaway every single night, it's not a takeaway, it's how you're eating. So it's about going, right, okay, what can we do to make sure that we can have effective food choices? Next one is lowering your sugar content. Again, people hear this, I'm going to remove sugar from my diet, but it's not. It's things like sweets, chocolates, these kind of things, quick fixes, because often enough, sometimes this is what we crave, especially if we're highly stressed. Oh, there's nothing better than just sitting down and having a wee bit of chocolate at nighttime, a wee something, something to soothe it. So we want to just allow ourselves to reduce these kind of things. We want to improve the volume of our meals. So having more nutritionally uh, volumated fruit and veg into our meals. Keep it simple so flavors are simple so that we can allow just uh, our digestive tract to uh, simplify. Avoiding, like reducing things like high quantities of dairy, which is quite hard to digest. Lower your stress levels. One of the biggest and most important one. If we are stressed, ultimately what happens is, one, our mental behaviors, we want simple foods, but we can't produce the hormones and uh, enzymes effectively to digest food and our immunity is shot which is why it's really important that we get into good routines. If we maybe train on a Monday, one week, Wednesday, Friday, and then the following week, we're maybe Tuesday, Thursday, and then we miss a session. Ultimately, what happens is we're not great at digesting foods because exercise is an effective tool to help improve digestion. So what we want to do is exercise regularly, but we also want to have regular meals. It starts with behaviors. It all starts with behaviors. And it's really important that we just allow ourselves to get into a routine, get into rhythm, because whenever we've had things like Christmas, things like uh, parties, even things like we have to deal with is COVID now, is it's about getting into the rhythm and routines to allow ourselves to upkeep our energy systems. And it's about simple actions that improve the behaviors. Because if we have irregularity, we have irregularity with how we can digest and our gut health is it's quite vulnerable to be honest. So what we want to do is allow simplifying. 
And we know when our gut health is off. We know when it feels destroyed because energy levels are low, immune system shot. We tend to pick up sniffles, colds, like I said, even severe cases like things like shingles. Also at the same time, when we pass, it is a little bit uh, often uncomfortable. It's maybe uh, gassy, sometimes maybe a bit runny. It's maybe sometimes a bit solid. So what we want to do is we want to make sure we're having effective gut health. And also this includes things like your color of your pee. If you're waking up and your pee every single morning is bright amber, then we've got a problem there. Your hydration levels are off. We need to make sure that's effective. That affects your kidney function. So there's a lot of things to put into, put into factor. So that's the kind of science kind of side of things. And we can hear and understand why fat diets kind of creep up a lot of the time. And especially one of the big ones is when it comes into, if we've got poor, poor gut health, a lot of the time energy levels are quite low and we often have a bit of resistance towards what we can and can't do. And one of the big things is obviously matching our energy inputs and outputs so we get a desired goal. And sometimes what we've got to do is we've got to build up our nutrition levels, increase our calorie intake, because understand the goal is to get fitter. So as you get fitter, as should your calorie intake, we want to get your calorie intake growing and growing and growing because that creates the freedom. But a lot of the time, if we are exhausted, burnt out, we've got to build that up because your digestive tract needs it. So the more we do, the more consistent we are, the more uh, uh, like routinely based, the more effective your digestive tract, but also at the same time, the more demands in your body, because like at the start, it might be that we want to run, for example, run 5K, but as you get fitter, it might be 10K. Well, we need more energy for that. So we need to increase our calorie intake, maybe running a marathon. We need to have more energy for that. So as we get more consistent with training and seeing the markers move, as does our nutrition, and that's where it comes into it. And that's where it kind of like understanding your calorie intake is really, really important is based on how much movement. And one of the big ones is making sure we hit our step goals. Step goals are the massive one. Making sure we hit regular step goals as well as matching our new, uh, our food and new training. Anyway, that's a slightly different one, slightly off topic. Now that's what we're going to be talking about in the total body recomp. Anyway, what are the key things we can do to improve gut health? So I've told you, talked to you a little bit how we can fix it but that's not really actionable actions. They're just kind of talking about the science kind of thing. So let's break it into what can we do to actually improve our gut health? So team, as I said, firstly, making sure that we have two to three liters of water to start off with. Actually, we're possibly aiming for four to five a lot of the time. But starting off, making sure we're having two to three water, uh, liters of water. And also, guys, these are trying one of these, not all of these. When it comes to it, the reason we say one of these is because it's about building it up. It's the building blocks. And a lot of the time, one will trigger another. But uh, yeah, have an adequate hydration. Second one, okay, is meal, cho meal choices. Aim to have two to three portions of fruit and veg per meal. Next one, lower stress levels, improves your immune system. Next one, food choices, prioritize your eating, prioritize making a good quality meal. Aim to have three quality meals across the day. Next one, sleep and manage your caffeine levels. Make sure we're not having cups of tea, coffee, like last thing at night. I don't understand after coffee dinners, 
because why would we want we're going to go to bed making sure you're having adequate vitamins and minerals so that may be taking a wee multivit supplement or omega-3 and 6 if we're maybe missing out in fish when it comes to carbohydrates be aware be aware are we having more convenient carbohydrates because we're just grabbing and going all the time things like cereal bars are we having enough protein intake because like we said our natural go-tos are often uh, carbohydrates so can we improve our protein content and then other one is alcohol reduce it can we reduce it so it is kind of allowing ourselves because alcohol is a massive effect on how we can digest things waking up the next morning feeling a wee bit ropey so how do we know which one is the right one for us to do well it's really really simple there are three ways that we can we can manage it first one really really simple track your food and any issues that you have with digestion so as you track your food record how you feel in that day how did you feel and when did you maybe feel a little bit ropey what what was maybe the trigger next one routine and sleep getting yourself into an effective routine and sleep and recording how you feel you're digesting your food not necessarily tracking your food but just recording how you feel with your food so training on a regular basis walking on a regular basis sleeping at a regular time getting into those routines and then the third one is really prioritizing exercise and stress management exercise and stress management become part and parcel because physical stress and mental stress have the exact same implications on the body it creates a trigger which creates a, uh, the fight or flight response which means we have high levels of cortisol going through the body so what we want to do is manage this so training x number of times and making sure we have downtime every single day if we have that imbalance we will have poor gut health so what we want to do is choose one of these so are you going to track your food and just record any issues that you have flaring up are you going to focus on getting into a regular exercise and sleep routine or are you going to focus on managing your stress management exercise and stress so if you're maybe stressed out training at six out of ten intensity that's versus training at 10 intensity, 10 out of 10 intensity. Whereas when you feel good, pushing that parameters, maybe training eight or nine so that you can manage it. Understand that it's under, understanding you. It's understanding you as a person and getting used so you're building your energy levels up because that's where change will happen. The key is really just dialing in the keys for you to make that significant change. That will help you massively. So that's a little bit about gut health. And it's something that a lot of the time is overlooked and it's really, really important. So the way to kind of think about things is have a look at the previous month. How did the previous month go? How was your food choices in around the previous month? How were your stress levels across the previous month? And then look at that and go, right, okay, do I maybe need to track my food and then monitor what, uh, what kind of flares up? Or last month, do I maybe need to be a bit more regular with my routines and sleep? And monitor and see how that feels or do i need to manage my ex my exercise stress management levels and monitor because all of these affect your gut health what we want to do is build up that relationship and then we put in a key action that goes with it so it's once we've identified what action we put what task we need to do we then apply the action that will help you improve that and that's where it comes into play so team i hope that helped i hope you find that useful and let's ramp up, let's get ourselves to the top of the priority list and let's enjoy. Take it easy, team. I've been going for a while now.
Begun. And I've only just begun. Yeah. 